Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Where we are at is in the book of Ruth. And on a day like Mother's Day, this is always a a challenging day for, for sharing a message because of all the different people that are here. And there are men and women. There are children, grandchildren, grandmas, grandpas, all kinds of different people. And that as we look at a message that, that is geared towards mothers, how do we get one in which it applies to everyone? Well, as we look at Ruth, Ruth is going to be a book that we're going to uh, be looking at over the next five weeks or so. And Ruth has, on the one hand, there were people who were married and then they lost their loved one. And so they were single. So, so you have people who are older, those who are younger, those who are married, those who had, had, uh, were single. Then you have those with children and those without. And as we look at this book, the, that I'm hoping what can happen is this, is that first of all, what we are going to do is we're going to learn things about relationships in general. No matter what person you are, the truths that we learn through the book of Ruth and and with her mother-in-law, Naomi, are ones that are not just true for them, but they are just universally true. That's the first part. And second thing we're going to see is that in their relationships with each other, they were always a reflection of the relationship they had with God. And so today, when, as we begin this discussion about relationships, it's my hope and my prayer that we can make these applications as well so that at the end of this message that you not only grow in appreciation for relationships that you've had with a mother or that you have as a mother, but even more than that, the relationships that we have with God and how that is shared in our lives. That having been said, we go to Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1, and it begins, in the days when the judges ruled, so this is a time before the time of, of any of the kings, before King David, before King Solomon, it's about maybe 1,200 years before Jesus was born. So it's when the judges ruled, individuals who were kind of like prophets who would uh, come for a period of time, uh, maybe a name you might recognize is Samson. Samson was one of the judges. Gideon was one of the judges. Uh, There were a number of them who, who came up and were raised up by God for a period of time to help in a specific need, and then there was a time without a judge when, when really no one was leading. So in the time when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Now Elimelech, that's the man's name, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, so women who were from Moab. One was named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Killian, those were her two sons, they they also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. 
and they lived happily ever after. Is that the most depressing start of a reading that you have for church ever? I mean, you, you look at this and, and you read this and, and it's almost, it almost rivals Job, the book of Job for bad things happening and just difficulties and pain in a relationship. As we look at this, so I, I, there are a couple things that I want to point out that you might miss that I'm in a casual reading of this. And some of it has to do with the, the Hebrew names that are used. First of all, the city of Bethlehem. Hopefully you recognize the city of Bethlehem as the city where Jesus was born. And again, this would have been 1,100 years before Jesus was born. So this was uh, way back. And, and it would have been a very small town. But the name Bethlehem means house. Bet is the Hebrew word for house. And lahem is the Hebrew word for bread. So the name of the city was House of Bread. And, and so when you think of Bethlehem, you might think of like where Kansas or Nebraska or the, the, the heart of uh, where they would have their food grown, right? And do you see then kind of the, the strange thing that in the house of bread, there was no bread. As a matter of fact, there was a famine, Nothing was growing. And so you have Naomi with, with her husband. Now, the, here's where we go and look at another Hebrew word. His name was Elim Malek. So the first part, E-L-I, is it's the same word for God. When Jesus was on the cross right before he died, he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So his name is Eli, which means God, and then Melech, which means king. So his name, at a time when there was no king, his name meant God is my king. And what that is, it shows the type of faith and individual that Elimelech was, that he was a person of faith that Naomi was also a, a person of faith. And so as they lived in Bethlehem, as they lived as, as God's children, in a place that was meant to be abundant with harvest and, and, and an enjoyable place to live, there was a famine, and so they had to move. They went to a place called Moab, which was not necessarily that far away, but it would have been into a foreign country. And it was there that things went from bad to worse. We don't know how, but Elimelech died, maybe got sick and died, and then the two sons as well got sick and died. And when we look at relationships, that's usually not the way we draw them up, is it? That if you were to ask Naomi, when she got married and when she had children, what she thought her future would be like? That she would have said, yeah, I, I, I want to get old with my husband. I can't wait until I have, you know, not just my children, but grandchildren on the way. And I, I think about our family being around us as we get older until one day the Lord calls me to be with him in heaven. And then they continue on our land and, and in the, the place where we grew up. But that's not the way it worked out. In the blank, you can write, Many times we expect to live in Bethlehem. We expect to live in Bethlehem, but we all 
end up, or, or we end up in Moab all alone. We want to be in, in Bethlehem. We, we look forward to a great relationship, and, and the future is so bright. And then the reality of it is, is, is that we're disappointed. I know we have some kids here. Any, are there any kids here who normally go to Crosswalk Kids? You guys here? Yeah? Raise your hand. Can I see you? All right. Yeah, I see you. Welcome. It's great to have you in worship today. Now, first question I have for you. Have you ever had like a birthday where you were going to have a party and you were really looking forward to it, but then maybe it, it wasn't so great where you didn't get the presents you wanted, or maybe Christmas sometimes can be like that? You ever have that where you're like, oh, this is going to be such a cool day, and then you end up maybe crying, or it, something doesn't go right, or if you have brothers and sisters, they can ruin it, trust me, I know. So kids, you know what that's like when you look forward to having a really fun time, and then it's disappointing. Well, I'm telling you, that can happen with you, but it also can happen when you get older. When you get older, and, and there can be times that as we look at, it, it might be in a marriage, it might be in a friendship, it might be with having children, that we look forward to certain things, but then there's disappointment. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because it's important for you as you go into relationships to understand, first of all, that's the nature of relationships, but also we need to understand why. Why is it, it goes all the way back, it goes all the way back to the beginning when God had made Adam and Eve and they were in this perfect relationship with each other and God. And so the relationship was like Bethlehem. It was great. It was house of bread. It was, it was just so enjoyable. But after they fell into sin, because of sin, they had a relationship broken with God. And that sin also affects our relationship with others. And specifically, when God was talking to Eve... And, and I think in, in general, you could say to women especially, because women, I have found in, in my years that women value relationships more than men do. Okay, that's like a stereotypical thing I just said, just so you know, I know. But, but it's true, I, I've said this before, that if you have a group of guys standing there and a group of women standing together, the question that guys ask is after a minute and you don't know what to talk about, you say, what do you do for a living? Oh, yeah, yeah. so you talk about your job or your hobby. But if a group of women are there, the question is, oh, are you married? Do you have children? Do you, because they value relationships. They just do. But at that time, when, when, after they had sinned, God told Eve specifically the thing you value the most relationships are going to bring you the most pain. First of all, it's going to be with your children, which you, you, you love your children and want to be, your children be part of your life. The first day of their, their life outside of your womb is going to be a very painful day for you. And you're not going to forget it. It's going to start with pain. And as they get older, they're going to bring you some more pain as well. And, and it's bad enough with that with children, but then he also says, and, and you're also going to have relationship issues with the person you commit to spending the rest of your life with. With a, a husband, your desire is to going to be close to him, and he's going to have a desire to be close to you, but it just isn't 
quite going to work out that way, that, that you're going to be left time and time again with. If we love one another, how come we can't be closer to one another? How come you drive me crazy? How come we can't live in Bethlehem? I have to live in Moab alone. I don't like it. At least we know now where the start is. And, and why there's difficulties and pain in a relationship, it's not necessarily even because of a specific sin, but the fact that we live in a fallen world. We continue. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. So she's heading home. Then Naomi said to her her two daughters-in-law, go back each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. And may the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back with you to your people. All right, so, so now you have this situation where, where first of all, we find out something more about what's going on in this family. And, and what we see here are li- little evidences that, that this family, both from the name Elimelech, God, God is my king, and now also from, from the language that's used, that they did follow the Lord. One of them was that, notice, when, when it said things were better in Bethlehem, it didn't just say things were better, but notice, the Lord has come to the aid of his people. That, that she was able to connect those dots between the blessing of the Lord and, and his love for his people. Another part is, is that as she spoke with her, with her daughters-in-law, that she was blessing them. You know, the Lord bless you for what you've done to me and for my sons before they died. The Lord bless you. May he give you rest. And so she's calling, even through these difficult times, that she calls on the name of the Lord and and that the Lord is, is a name that they would be familiar with in their lives. In the blank you can write, although filled with hardship, it appears Naomi's home was also filled with Christian love. So there's hardship, there's, there's some brutal things going on, but they also have this love one another, not just love, but Christian love, a, a love that's reflecting of the love that God has for them. Now, now this, is, this is really an important thing that we need to, to understand about relationships and specific, specifically relationships within a home and why we do what we do. Okay. Kids, I'm back with you guys. Anybody here, does anyone here play baseball? You ever play some baseball or you play some sports? Yeah, you do that? So if you play baseball, what are some things you do at practice, at baseball practice? What do you guys do? Play some catch, maybe, yeah? What else do you do? I didn't hear what you said, but it... (laughs) Hit a ball with the bat, yes. So we're taking some batting practice, right? 
And, and you look at, so we're playing catch, we're hitting the, the, the ball with the bat, hitting maybe off a tee, maybe as we get older we're practicing pitching, uh, maybe the coach hits us ground balls, maybe the coach hits us balls in the air, and, and those are all things that are part of practice, right? But, but I think we know the, there's a reason why we do that. And, and the reason why is, if you haven't already started, you're going to have some games. And, and what they want to happen is once you're in the game and a ball is hit to you, that you know how to field it and you know to throw to first base. The reason why is because in the game, there's going to be a time when you're up to bat. And when you're up to bat, they don't want that to be the first time you've ever seen the ball go by or the first time you've ever swung a bat. And so what happens is that we go through this practice time of doing certain things so that in game situations, we're ready to go. Now, we need to understand that that is why also it's important to live and important in Christian homes and to practice at home spiritual things. Some of you, when you have been in Crosswalk Kids, maybe some, you know about some parent days. There's parent days occasionally at Crosswalk Kids where the parents are invited to go and see what their kids are doing. And one of those days, the, the parents are taught to bless their children so that as they put their children to bed, that they just give them a blessing. And, and it can be something as simple as, the Lord bless you today and tonight, and may the Lord be with you. The Lord loves you, and I love you. Maybe it's more uh, like one that I use at church, the Lord bless you and keep you, that it's a, a Bible verse where there's a blessing. But, but that's something that we, we try to teach the parents to do, to bless their children. Another thing that we, we encourage you to do at home and, and to, is to pray with your kids and to pray with one another. So before they go to bed, to say, you know what, let's thank God for the day that we had today. Uh, let's go to him with anything that, that hurts us or, or anything that we're concerned about or anything we want to ask God for. And, and let's ask for his blessing as well. Another thing that you can do, and I know our, part of these parent days, is, is that you read through Bible stories with your, with your kids and they know the truths of God's word. Here's the deal. We don't do that just for the sake of praying and blessing and studying God's word. That's not why we do it. We do it, I guess, because God tells us to. But the reason why it's so important to do it is because the day of hardship is coming. And, and that's what happened with Naomi and her daughters-in-law, that, that as they continued to live with God as their king, that as they continued to, to live in a land that recognized the Lord's blessing, even in difficult times, that now in this time of hardship, they were ready to face the, the things that were attacking them with God's word and his blessing and God's help. If you want to know what my prayer is for you today, is that you would live your lives the same way with those spiritual disciplines in your home so that when these days of difficulty in a relationship come, and they are coming, that you are ready. And if you're in the middle of it and you haven't prepared, there's no day like today. Today is the day to go back and have these promises from God.
We continue. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and Ruth clung to her. The very first part that is highlighted, I would like you to consider, and that is the question, why would you come with me? Naomi, that, that is a great question. Why would you come with me? Orpah, Ruth, why would you come with me? And, and then she goes through all the reasons why they, sh- why they shouldn't. Because any reason that they might give of why they would come with her, it, it, it's not going to be a benefit to them in any way. So what happens? The, the one person, uh, Orpah, kisses her goodbye and leaves. And I'm going to give you a little uh, trivia point right here, just so you know, Okay. Oprah Winfrey was originally born and named Orpah Winfrey and changed her name to Oprah. Right here, heard it from me. I read it on the internet, therefore it must be true. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but I read it. But it was so, so you look at this and, and you have this situation where when the question was asked, why would you come with me? Orpah heard that question and said, you know, you're right. There isn't anything for me. But Ruth hears the question and really has the right answer. Why, why would you stay with me? Because I love you. That's why. Now, I want you to think, because there's a Mother's Day trap, okay? Here's the Mother's Day trap. The Mother's Day trap is for me to ask you, why do you love your mother? And, it, and, if, and if the answer is, I love my mother because she makes me cookies, <laughs> does that mean if she can't make you cookies or doesn't, you're not going to love her? Okay, I, I, why do you love your mother? I love my mother because she talks to me and in difficult times she gives me good counsel. So if your mother gets older and gets dementia and is not able to give you good counsel anymore, you're not going to love her? See, here's the deal, is what we tend to do, we don't mean it like in a, a mean way, because our mothers do so much for us that when we're in relationships, we do get things back in the relationship. But what Ruth does when asked the question, what are you gonna get out of this? She, she, she knows I'm getting nothing out of this. And what she does is she models the relationship that our God has with us. And, and so we see the influence that, that Naomi and, and Elimelech had on her and their husbands as well, that they would understand unconditional love, the same love that the Lord shows for you and me. And so usually what happens at my house and in my life and in my heart, I practice selfish love and I buy into it. 
So, so when I tell my kids, do the dishes, and they say, I didn't get any of them dirty. And then I'm like, oh, okay, then you don't have to. Or fold the laundry. It's not my laundry. That never would have flown when I was a kid. I don't care whose it is. I told you to do it. Well, maybe that's not unconditional love, but the truth of the matter is we are always looking for an angle to get something we want out of it. And to the degree that you have a conditional relationship, you will have misery. You will leave as Orba did, because she looked at it and said, you're right, I'm not getting anything, I'm out of here. As opposed to Ruth, who says, no matter what happens, and we're going to get to this in a moment, I'm with you. Let's continue. So uh, in the blank was Ruth and Orpah had no future with Naomi. There was no future for them. But we continue. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. In the blank, fill it in right away. Ruth's noble promise was to commit to Naomi for life. And in those words, I I hope you hear the promise. And it's a promise that I think so many of us long to hear. You are never going to be alone. I promise not to leave you alone no matter what happens. Everything in my power, no matter the difficulty of the situation... That, that, this, that this promise she's making, it almost sounds like a marriage promise. In good times and in bad. I, I will be there for you. This commitment to love. And that is the same commitment we have from our God. Why does Jesus love you? He, he loves you because he loves you. That's why. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is with that unconditional, committed love. Your, the, God's promise to you, no matter where you are in life, is that he will be with you every step of the way. And, and what, what ended up happening with, it, with Naomi is that finally she stopped. She, she finally realized that Ruth's love overcame her. And, and that she realized that, that Ruth was going nowhere, and she just accepted it. God wants to overwhelm you with that same type of love. Today, tomorrow, five days from now, two weeks from now, God's answer to you will be the same. I'm committed to you. I love you. And if you ever doubt that, you can look back to the cross to remember how much. You can remember the forgiveness of sins. And, and no matter if there are difficult times, there are hardships, that, that's not proof God, God's not with you anymore, but rather the promise that even in those, he is with you. Do you see what that does in relationships? How it breeds trust? And rather than having insecurity in who you are and in a relationship, waiting for something to break and, until it will fall apart, 
that just the opposite happens. You become more and more secure in that relationship. And, and did you see how Ruth's identity began to change? I don't even consider myself someone from Moab anymore. I, I identify with you. I identify with the Lord. And, and so my identity is I'm a child of God. And our identity is the same. Child of God, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, committed to him as he is to us. And we continue. So the two women went on, on until they came to Bethlehem. And this was not a pretty scene, guys. If you have ever been in a situation where you had someplace you did not want to go back to, for some of you, it might be today coming to church. I'm just telling you. It, that you go back to a place where, where people, where, you, where have you been? Man, what, what happened to you? And specifically, as we look at the, these words, think of how each question they ask is like a little dagger. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Can this be Naomi? When you come back after having your husband die and your two sons die and people say they don't recognize you, it's not because you look so good. It's because life has beaten you down. The, the gray hair, the, the, the misery that, that Naomi was just pounded down by life. And as these people said these words, think about when she left with Elimelech and her two sons, we're going to Moab, but we're going to come back, Right? We're going to come back, and I'm sure the Lord will bless us. And now as she's returning, she's returning. She thought they had nothing when they left. She had absolutely nothing when they came back. So what does she say? Don't call me Naomi. Naomi means joy. She told them, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. And those last words, as you look at this, that, that because this story is going to continue, those are the words as the, the barley harvest was happening. And, and those are the words of hope that, that for Naomi, you can see where she is. Naomi was in misery, that she was thinking that God had abandoned her, that, that, that there was no way that things could get better. But she had two things that, that she, I don't think she realized at this time. And one of them was a God who was with her. And even in the midst of this was working behind the scenes to bring her blessing but the other person was Ruth. And, and that encouragement that, that she had, the reflection of God's love that she would be for, for Naomi in this difficult time would bring her encouragement. And, and I don't want to be a spoiler, but, but would bring her joy, a type of joy that she did not believe she would ever be able to experience again. Now, for the people who are here today, there are Naomi's here today who would prefer to be called Mara. That, that as you come here today, that you have been beaten down by life as well. That you want Bethlehem, but we're given Moab. 
that you are hurting, that, that you look at an abandonment, that you feel like you have been abandoned by God and, and maybe others as well. And as you would look at Naomi, what I would do for her is I would listen to that and let her share her misery and would do the same with you. I, I'm not gonna discount for, for Naomi the loss of her husband and two sons and not knowing how she was going to live or eat or, or anything else go on in her life. There was no hope in her own way. There's no way she saw a way out of this. The light at the end of the tunnel was an oncoming train that was going to run her over. But the truth of the matter is that Ruth was alongside her on one side and God was on the other. And so I know there are many mothers here and other people as well who are Ruth's who are there to remind people who are going through difficult times that they are not alone. God is not going to leave you, and neither am I. I'm going to be right here through a difficult time, through uh, whatever is coming. You are not going to go through this alone. And be assured that the barley harvest is coming, that God has promises for your future and hope for you as well. I don't care if you're five years old, seven years old, 10 years old, 50 years old, 70, 80 years old, 100 years old. The Lord is with you. The Lord promises that wherever you go in life, you do not go alone. And may this hope and this steadfast love that's seen in God and seen in Ruth and seen in your mom and seen in other people who have relationships with you. May that give you encouragement as you continue to live for him. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you do give us blessing in relationships. We know there are people here who are hurting and suffering, and and we know that there are people here who give them encouragement and joy. We ask that you would draw our attention to Christ and and look at the commitment that he has given to be with us no matter what happens in life. And then, Lord, no matter what we face, help us turn back to you and your great love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. I love the picture of that, that song, and I, it makes me think of Naomi and Ruth. At what point when Naomi was there that she realized, Ruth's not letting go. Uh, not now, not ever. And that is the way that God grabs on to you as well. Uh, he does not let go. And, and just be reminded of that as you go through life. What a, what a promise and, uh, and what confidence we can have as we live life. And now as you go, also go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We'll see you on the patio.